and hey 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 it's Anne again and welcome back to yet another episode of the AIP podcast. Today we have with us a really special guest Amir Facepor. Uh, Amir Facepor is the founder and CEO of Aggregate Intellect, an AI technical advisory platform which utilizes both crowd intelligence and AI models to solve complexities particularly for AI builds. They're currently a B2C2B freemium model, and they are launching a private workspaces, which will help to create pre their premium commercial model. Now, Aggregate Intellect is currently fundraising to gear up for its alpha release. So if you're an investor interested in the technology community, you gotta listen up. They're raising a pre-seed round at three and a half million at a 10 million post money valuation cap on a rolling safe structure. By the time this podcast is released, you should really quickly jump onto this. Quick little tidbit about Amir himself. He went to Oxford and he started his career as a physicist working in quantum computing. And he went on to work with the Royal Bank of Canada as a data scientist, helping to create AI and machine learning products that delivered impact. Eventually, he decided to build his own community of AI practitioners who are looking for answers for very difficult AI builds and use cases. So welcome, Amir. Thanks for being here today. Let's, let's talk a little bit about your evolution. How did you come up with this whole idea for Aggregate Intellect? And you even have this YouTube channel. Tell us more about that. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for uh, having me, uh, and and I'm very excited for this conversation. So, uh, as you said, you know, I I started as a quantum physicist. You know, I did my PhD and postdoc, and during my postdoc, I even took a stab at starting a quantum tech company. Uh, but you know, there wasn't enough market, so I moved on to the best next thing that I knew, which was AI. Uh, and you know, I started working at Royal Bank. You know, after going back to Canada as a data scientist. But you know, within a year, I was pulled into a management role, and I had this whole crisis around: Do I want to be technical or do I want to go into management? And the best advice that I got was: You know, be a manager because you can do more, uh, but don't lose the technical edge. So essentially, I found a bunch of other nerds, and you know, we would gather every week and talk about papers, and you know, that was growing up really fast because a lot of people were like there is so much out there i have no idea what to pay attention to uh, and you know there were people who were driving for you know an hour to join these sessions and that's how we started the youtube channel because we wanted to live stream so that they can watch us uh, the community later merged with uh, you know the community that my co-founder created in uh, new york city called new york artificial intelligence group uh, and now, you know, we have more than 10,000 people in our community globally. And our YouTube has grown to well, almost 17,000 followers. Um, and the latest initiative that we have on the YouTube channel is having deep random talks about, you know, very technical topics. So definitely check that out. That is so amazing. You're talking about over 10,000 nerds being in the same place. Oh my God. Wow. Well, Amir, I'd imagine that through your work with Aggregate Intellect, you've spent a whole bunch of time working with startups. So what are some resources that startups can get when attempting to create their first AI solutions? Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I actually do, you know, we do see a lot of founders in our own community, but I also have two other things where I hang out with founders. There is this thing that I run called Founders Hikes. Uh, where, you know, it's a mental health thing. We just gather and go into the nature and walk and talk about things. 
And also, it's a bit of a spoiler, but I'm starting a funder slash founders dinner series, hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, in Toronto very soon as well. So I do interact with a lot of founders because, you know, I want to learn from them. I want to learn from, you know, what works for them, etc. cetera. Uh, and one of the things that, you know, you and I have experienced quite a bit is that the most important resource that we don't have is time. Uh, and in the context of AI solutions, obviously, the most important problem is not having enough time to go through the noise and find the technical resources that are relevant to an AI solution that I'm trying to build. Like, you know, I've heard about birds, but how does that re re relate to the product features that I'm trying to create? I mean, that's, I think, one of the most important aspects of resources that, you know, we have trouble finding. And the other aspect is who knows enough about birds or similar techniques and algorithms who can tell me how to fine tune this for my use case. You know, access to content that is relevant as well as experts. Uh, and, you know, some of these experts might also eventually turn into hires, which we see a lot in our community. So, you know, the way we, the way we tackle this problem is by creating, you know, packages of curated knowledge. You know, as people do activities in our communities, we made it very easy for them to capture that in a reusable way. So the founder, when they come in and they're trying to do something, they can look at what we call a recipe for it. Like you're trying to do this, this is how somebody else has done it, and you can probably start from there. Uh, as well as, you know, a lot of different community initiatives that we have that are focused on, you know, enablement and uh, empowerment of, you know, technical people, including founders, when they're building and designing their AI solutions. Absolutely. So talk to us a little bit about community mechanics. How do they provide you with an edge and how does this whole thing work? Definitely. So our very fundamental uh, principle about community is always empowerment. You know, a lot of the time when you're discussing community initiatives or marketing approaches, etc., a very fundamental thing that I always ask is what does it allow our community members to do? Uh, and, and because if we can't, you know, nurture and empower our community, they're not going to stick around. They have options. They can go elsewhere. Um, so the way we provide that to our community is through two main type of activities. One is what we call discussion groups, where think about it as a think tank. People gather, discuss interesting theoretical ideas. Uh, one example of that is a letter uh, our AI ethics group wrote to Toronto police warning them about you know ethics of using uh, AI in policing and that got quite a bit of press uh, attention as well. Uh, the other type is working groups. These are more focused on hands-on activities. So uh, we contributed for example to Big Science which is a very uh, well the, the world's largest multilingual language model uh, that you know Hagenface and many other collaborators are creating. Uh, so we contributed to that. Um, and we do a lot of, you know, open source and or community projects partnered with, um, or, or sorry, you know, some projects also, you know, with private information that goes to the partners, uh, with the startups and with the government of Canada at the moment, uh, on a lot of interesting things. So in general, you know, the ability to mobilize a community to do activities like this, I think, especially a community that is so technical like ours, uh, is not trivial. That takes a lot of experiments. It take, took us a lot of time, a, lot of, uh, a very long time to get to a point where we understand that dynamic and how we can engage with the community. But more importantly, you know, creating a platform that captures the network effect 
of a community like this because you could have a community they can talk to each other but as soon as they disperse the effect is going to go away uh, but we wanted to do it in a way that we can combine that crowd intelligence of the community with you know a set of tools that we can create that capture that in a very natural and organic way but also in a reusable way so you know figuring out all of these uh, in a way that is repeatable and reusable uh, was quite a bit of challenge that we had to overcome over time Absolutely. So uh, tell me a little bit about the current projects you're working on right now. What's really exciting on this on in, in the next couple months for you? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, being a, a, a platform that is all around, you know, very deep technical knowledge, uh, we are very obsessed with information retrieval and search type of problems. So we are kicking off uh, an open source project with McGill University, with researchers at McGill, as well as Ryerson, plus you know people from our community, uh, on information retrieval explainability. That's a very important topic for us because you know since we are using AI to self-organize knowledge, to capture and self-organize knowledge and present it back to you know developers. Uh, it is very important for us for AI to explain how it is doing the ranking, ranking and how it is doing the retrieval. So that project is going to be completely focused on that and the outcome of it will be integrated into our product. But you know, it is important for us to do that in an open source way because the whole purpose of this is creating trust and we want to do it in a transparent way. Um, the second you know, uh, train of projects that are happening is this collaboration and partnership with Natural Resources Canada on, you know, applications of AI in agriculture and environment, and a lot of use cases like that, uh, that they've been, you know, going on for a few months and we're very excited about them. But lastly, you know, what I'm, the most important part, you know, for us in the next few months is launching our commercial features. You know, we've been building our free features and people have been using them, but, you know, getting to a level where we can allow, you know, companies and, you know, industry R&D teams to use our platform in a private, safe and integrated way uh, is a very important next challenge for us. Um, and, you know, we are having a lot of very good customer development and feedback sessions. Um, and, you know, I'm very excited to, to see uh, what we can kick off in the next few months. Absolutely. Let's uh, talk a little bit about your fundraise and your competitive advantage. Why do you think you're a good investment? <laughs> so you, you asked me this question uh, when we were doing the coordination call. And I decided that I would just go to our existing investors and ask them that question. And, you know, these are the patterns that I saw in their responses. So one of them was like, the founders are very hardworking. They really know their niche. She didn't say it this way, but, you know, they're, they're cockroaches. They're not going to give up. They're not going to die. They're just going to keep going. Uh, so that's definitely one aspect of, I think, what makes us a very good team, I guess. Uh, the second one is market. So, you know, obviously demand for AI and the whole point of AIP is, you know, things like that. The, the fact that AI is growing very, very rapidly, but importantly, the sub niche of AI knowledge bases, you know, with the exponential growth of information out there and, you know, shortcoming of search engines and tools like that to tell you what is relevant to your use case, you know, there is a need and we do see it in, in you know competitive landscape that we have, there is a need for self-organizing knowledge and community-based ways of curating knowledge. And lastly, uh, you know, what they said was that our approach to, uh, to go to market, which is community-focused, 
uh, is very resilient and tried and true to deal with landscapes, technology landscapes that are evolving very fast. So essentially the fact that we are very directly plugged into the community and, you know, as a team on a weekly basis, we spend a few tens of hours talking directly to users and, you know, customers to understand how their needs are evolving. Because, you know, two years ago, nobody was talking about MLOps. Everybody's talking about MLOps today. What are they going to talk about next year is very important for us to know. Uh, and, and, and the hint is, you know, system design. Uh, when building AI solutions is, you know, the next big topic that is coming up. So we need to know these things and we are very embedded in the community and that go-to-market strategy was another very interesting point that uh, our investors were excited about. All right, as we wrap it up, um, let's tell our listeners a little bit about how they can find out more about your investment opportunity and how they can contact you. Yeah, definitely. So I'm very active, if anything, too active on LinkedIn. So definitely add me on LinkedIn and send me a note. I'm always happy to hear from you. Um, I, you know, would love to introduce myself, introduce what you're building in the team uh, before, you know, even getting into the fundraising conversation. So reach out, uh, you know, we are, we are super connectors ourselves and we always love to be connected with more folks. Um, so add me on LinkedIn, send me a message, uh, or email me, Amir, uh, you know, my first name at AI.science uh, is my email address. You can send me an email and I'm happy to talk more about it. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Amir, once again from Aggregate Intellect. And well, most of all to our listeners, it's always a delight to have all of you on our show. And once again, I'm your host, Anne Chang from Supercharged Lab. On behalf of the AIP Partnerships Podcast, I'm signing off. Thank you. Thanks for having me.